The basis of my presentation today is that we are moving into a new investment regime, one characterised by greater inflation volatility. This is going to introduce much more turbulence to asset owners, asset allocators and investors. Now I want to first point out that I put together the content of this presentation before the dreadful events that we're seeing in Ukraine at the moment. I have no insights into how this concludes or Putin's endgame, but what I can say is that this is only acting as an amplifier for trends that were in place already. So the basis of the presentation is I'm first going to review the last 30 years and the investment regime that characterised that, then describe why we think the world is changing and then give some hopeful solutions for investors. So, starting with the previous investment regime. This was catalyzed by Paul Volcker coming to the Fed and essentially saying that he was going to slay the inflationary demons that had gone previous that had been carried out previously. This was a time that inflation was high, debt and asset prices were low. Over the next 20 years, Paul Volcker got some extraordinary help. A number of one-off, unrepeatable events occurred. China emerged into the global economy. The Soviet Union collapsed. There were huge demographic shifts, including women joining the workforce for the first time. And of course, a technology revolution. All of these deeply deflationary processes that ensured that inflation was falling and low and stable. This was the biggest crutch for the investment regime that we've had for the last 30 years. One where deflation was the predominant fear and bonds and equities were negatively correlated, making the job of asset owners and asset managers incredibly straightforward. Ultimately, we now think we are being catapulted into a new investment regime one characterised by greater influence from governments. And this is perhaps most obvious in the cast of characters that are now setting policy. And central banking and governments, once two independent forces, are now becoming increasingly amorphous policy-making blobs. Perhaps no more evident than in the cast of actors. Janet Yellen, once chairwoman of the Federal Reserve, is now in charge of the US Treasury. Christine Lagarde, once a politician, is now head of the ECB. This is going to change the policy response to crises. And perhaps most importantly, inflation has returned to the public consciousness. Not long after Bloomberg Businessweek officially declared it to be dead, it's now front page news and ultimately one of the biggest policy making drivers that we're going to see going forward. Now, when most people think about inflation, they think about the 1970s. However, the parallel that we see is perhaps more equivalent to the immediate post-World War II environment, when you saw huge swathes of the labour force come back to the market and ultimately debt was starting off at very high levels. Now this was an environment characterised by a lot of inflation volatility. Now what does that mean? Big run-ups in inflation and big crashes. Now ultimately the journey that we're going on we do think ends in higher inflation, but the path to get there is going to be characterised by much greater inflation volatility. 
Now it's important because both have serious ramification for asset owners and, and, and their advisors today. Now coming to the here and now, despite the recessionary fears that we're seeing brought about at the moment, the Federal Reserve are going to raise interest rates. The emergency monetary policy that has been a pretty persistent force in financial markets for the last decade, accelerated by COVID, is going to be reversed. Now, a lot of people are worrying that this will be a policy error and that the Fed will bring forward a recession. I would argue that the error has already occurred. When the likes of McDonald's and other low-paid workforces are being offered signing on bonuses, I would argue that wage rises are already embedded in the public consciousness. And this is ultimately something that whilst economists will tell you is very easy to control, the reality is the behavioural dynamics of wages and inflation are much harder to control. So the policy error of having too, policy far too easy for too long, we would argue, has already taken place. So the demand side of the economy, principally being driven by wages, is already more inflationary. Now this is at the same time that one of the big deflationary forces of the last three decades has already started to go into reverse. Here we're looking at a a chart of prices of durable goods in the G7 since the beginning of the 1980s. Now what you can see is for most of the time since China joined the World Trade Organization, durable good orders have been deflating by 1-2% to per annum. Now what this chart is showing you is that even prior to COVID and the supply disruption that that brought, that prices were inflating. So the supply side of the economy, which has been deeply deflationary for three decades, is now inflationary at a time that the demand side of the economy and the management of it has shifted from central banks to governments, ultimately who are more likely to be amplifiers. Now what this means is that you're going to see much more inflation volatility and inflation uncertainty. Now, From my perspective, inflation volatility is unequivocally a bedfellow to bond market volatility. So that means greater uncertainty about long-term interest rates and probably greater volatility in in yields. Now this is at a time that the bond market is particularly intolerant of that volatility and higher rates. What we're looking at here is a chart showing the duration of US corporate bond markets. That duration is as high as it's ever been. So what that means is the bond market is more sensitive and more intolerant to higher rates at a time that they seem like an inevitability. Now this is not just isolated to the bond market. Equities, which we're modelling their duration of here, now have an average duration of around 55 years. It's only been higher once in history, and that was just prior to the dot-com bust. So bond markets are intolerant of higher interest rates and higher interest rate uncertainty. Equity markets are more sensitive to the same things. And this is at a time that policymakers and the response to the crisis has driven us to be fully invested. 
So this is an environment that we are certain, and I am certain, that we're moving to a world of greater inflation volatility, which unequivocally leads to greater bond market volatility and at a time that potentially the valuation of both bonds and equity markets are potentially going to be undermined. And potentially the negative correlation that has existed between the two for the last four decades is almost certainly gone out of the window. So what, do, what are the responses? Now, first and foremost, despite passive being the only way to have been invested for the last three decades, rule number one for a world of inflation volatility, be active. No single strategy will be successful throughout this period. You are going to need to pay for hedges. Ultimately, relying on negative correlation between bonds and equities is not going to work. Within the portfolio that I manage, we have a significant allocation to investments that effectively are anti-assets, particularly credit default swaps. In a world where junk bonds, or what we now in a politically correct way refer to high yield, offer a negative real interest rate, we feel that this is ultimately a real way to get protection and anti-fragility into portfolios. Controversially, I think you need to use cash. Cash is an unequivocally bad asset um, in an inflationary world. But in a world where you're seeing higher discount rates lead to asset markets devalue broadly, we think cash could be a really important tactical asset within portfolios. And at the same time, we are going to want direct protection for a more inflationary environment. So allocations to inflation-linked bonds and gold are key in our armory. Most importantly, the final rule for asset allocation in this new world of inflation volatility, resilience over optimization. Optimization amplifies vulnerabilities, which we only think are growing. So in a world that we think is going to be characterized by greater uncertainty, greater volatility, and less of a tailwind for assets, We think asset asset owners and their advisors are going to need to prioritise resilience over optimisation. So in sum, I fervently believe that we are heading to a world of higher inflation volatility as part of a journey to a higher inflation regime. This is going to make the job of asset owners and their advisors much more difficult. Our four rules for protecting from this environment are as follows. Be active. Passive portfolios are certain for failure. Pay for protection. This owning anti-assets is going to be key. Be willing to sit on the sidelines, even if that comes with an opportunity cost. And most importantly, prioritise resilience and anti-fragility over optimisation.